Hey, it's Nikki on Getting Real, and today I'm getting real with Eric Ade, who is an actor and a professional poker player, and this is an incredible documentary about his story. It's called Three Years in Pakistan, the Eric Ade story, and it is available on demand October 2nd. Thank you so much for being with us today, Eric. Well, thank you for having me on. It's, uh, it's my pleasure to be here. Well, this is an incredible documentary which was done by Jamie Lynn Lipman, who I had actually talked to about her documentary, When the Bow Breaks. She's a great documentary filmmaker, and she did a wonderful job with telling your story. It's clear that this is not a story that you like to tell. So what made you agree to be a part of this and be involved with this documentary? Um, well, a, a couple things. Uh, Jamie Lynn and I have been friends since we were, uh, since we were kids. I know we, we had the same agent uh, back in the 90s, and we just were, were very good friends. And, and Jamie Lynn stayed in touch with me, and she knew my story, and she, she always went out of her way to be, you know, want to get coffee and be generous. And, uh, you know, she, she felt that uh, people needed to hear about it. Well, I did the show uh, Locked Up Abroad, and Locked, and, and Locked Up Abroad had been bugging me for years. To, to do their show. And I, I never wanted to be on their show because everyone on the show, in my opinion, were, were guilty. They were a bunch of drug smugglers. And, and uh, I didn't feel I, would, I, I should be part of that group. But they saw that I was acting and that I was doing stunts. And they said, what if we let you play yourself? And, you know, my, my ego was like, you know what? What better idiot to play me than this idiot? And so I did my own episode back in 2012. It was called... Uh, from Hollywood to Hell, and it aired six years ago. But the problem with that was I did a 13-hour interview, and they crammed it into 48 minutes. And all they did was take out all the exciting chunks of my story. They didn't take out like uh, a lot of the, you know, um, they didn't take out a lot of the things that would have answered a lot of questions. So all you got was all the exciting stuff that happened to me when I was uh, over in Pakistan. And the problem with Locked Up Abroad is it's a very, very popular show. And they air it in every country in the world. So you got 800 million people you know, of all nationalities, all languages, who watched the show, and yet they all still had a bunch of questions. So like, well, why this? Why that? Why that? And I get constant emails from people who either don't believe my story or just assume I'm a liar and a drug smuggler, and or 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 that there's no way I could have been able to endure and and handle myself the way I did. And the reason why they, they get these questions in their head is because there just wasn't enough time to tell my three-year story. Really, Locked Up Abroad only told the first year and two months of my story. And Jamie kept, you know, knew, knew this about me. She's like, there's a, a longer, much longer story there, and I really want to be able to tell this story the way that it, it happened and in your own words. So she convinced me to let her tell a story. And this the documentary Three Years in Pakistan, the Eric Day story, is one hour, 45 minutes, and it'll answer a lot more questions. It, it, it explains everything. And, this, this, and, I'm, and I'm happy with it for that fact, that people won't be asking, well, why this? Why that? Why did you do this? And how were you able to endure that? Well, now it's, it's all there, and it hopefully will. And it hopefully answers every question. Like, like when you watched it on Saturday, did you... Was everything pretty cut and dry as far as I mean, as far as how it happened and why it happened, or you yeah, have questions yourself? I thought she did an excellent job, and the thing that I really appreciated about it is that she focused a lot on you and your personality and the person that you are before and after all of this happened to you. Interviewing people in your family, interviewing friends and things like that. So we got a glimpse of who you were, not just what you endured, not just what you went through, but the person that you are. 
know, or blood man I think that helps explain why I was able to, you know, if, if anyone was built for prison, and I'm not just, you know, I'm not just thinking, oh, I'm amazing. No, if anyone was built for prison, it was me, you know, from the bus accident to playing football to, to owning a state record to, you know, to, to being able to learn lines and learn the language. It, 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 it helped to show my past to explain I guess not just my my present, but my horrible situation that I had to endure. Right, and that was really, really amazing. Now, obviously, your your experience was absolutely terrifying. Um, you were taken advantage of by someone when you were young. You were what twenty one when this happened. I was twenty one when it happened, but I was nineteen when I started working for this man. Yeah. So this person who you thought was a friend totally took advantage of you and set you up on this this trip, which landed you in a prison in Pakistan. And the way that prison works there is a completely different situation than what we experience here. What got you through all of that torture that you endured right away? I mean, there was, it was right off the bat, you were, you were being tortured for days. What got me through it? Well, I mean, it was more humiliating than it was painful to me. I mean, the pain I could handle, and it was because of the, you know the bus accidents. I up before up until that point, I had had uh, fifty two surgeries, and the surgeries got to the point where I wasn't allowed to have as strong as strong a painkillers because my body became too tolerant on them. Uh, the doctors always gave me less and less and less and less, and then eventually I was doing surgeries and coming right out, and they just weren't giving me any painkillers simply because I was too too tolerant on them. This is when I was from eight years old to fifteen years old. Um, I was told I'd never walk again. I was told I'd uh, I'd never make love to a woman. I was told I could never play football, and I proved doctors wrong on on all all fronts. Um, so getting beaten, tortured by uh, by these people in Pakistan, it was more humiliating for me than it was painful. The pain I can absolutely could, could absolutely handle. It's not fun. It's not it's not something I I'll care to ever go through again. Mm-hmm. But I but and also but it was knowing. Simply that, and look, I didn't do this. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. You could. You could drop a, a tank on me, and I'm not gonna. If I'm still alive, I'm still not gonna admit to doing something that, that I didn't do. It's just that's. I don't have it in me, and I and I. Uh, and I hope no one ever has to go through something like that. But it was knowing that I was innocent. I held on to my innocence. It was my anger for the man that set me up. And it was also hope that my family and friends were out there trying to prove my innocence for me as well, because they, they everyone knew it wasn't it wasn't an isolated incident. Everyone was making these trips. I was not the only one. Mm-hmm. I was just the unlucky bastard that that found out the hard way what it was that we were all being used to do. And it, it it's funny. It's like if anyone was if anyone was meant to go through what 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 I went through, it's. I'm glad that it was me. I really am because I know for a fact, like my brother would not have been able to, to do that. There's no way. None of my brothers would have. Um, none of my. I don't know any any of my friends who would have been able to go through what I went through. And I know they. I know they would have pled guilty. I know they would have pled guilty simply to get the get them to stop beating them or to get a smaller sentence. It's. I'm too hard headed to to ever plead guilty for something I didn't do. Did you know how hard your mom was fighting for you? Did I know? I mean, I knew. I knew how her mom was fighting for me. She was doing everything she she thought was uh, was right to get me out. Unfortunately, um, she's on the other side of the planet, so there's very very little that she could do. Uh, and her being over here 
it, it, it made her a target for, for people who saw uh, a desperate woman who wanted to get her child out by any means, and they started uh, extorting money out of her. They started, uh, uh, you know, promising her that, oh, they have connections in Pakistan, and they'll, they'll get it, they'll, they'll, they'll get me out. But what they were really doing was just, you know, giving her hope and uh, having her pay, pay them uh, excessive amounts of money and then disappearing. Um, uh, what, what, what Jamie, uh, talks about, what talks about is the lawyer that my mom got me. And this, this really screwed I me. Mean, she did what she thought was right, but it really screwed me. The lawyer my mom got me that, that promised to take the case pro bono. Um, and when, when time had gone by that the guy didn't want to come to the prison to deal with me because he was dealing with her. Mm-hmm. And in Pakistan, when you're a prisoner, you know, Outside lawyers know that your resources are small, but if they know they have a desperate family member on the outside, they think the sky's the limit, and that's what happened in that situation. And unfortunately, my mom being involved ended up hurting me a little bit. It cost me another year and a half in jail because because the lawyer who originally took my case pro bono decided, oh, by the way, I'm, I'm going to finish your son's case, but it's going to cost twenty five thousand dollars. In Pakistan, this was a four hundred dollar case, right? It, it was a serious case, but Pakistan, you know, the, the the dollars, our dollars are so strong over there that usually it's a 20, uh, 24,000 uh, rupee and one dollar is 60 rupees. So it's a $400 case for a drug offense. A murder case is a thousand rupees or a thousand dollars, which is 60,000 rupees over in Pakistan. So this is not a murder case. It's a, it's a drug offense, which is a serious case. It carries a death sentence. But it's still only twenty four thousand rupees. Now this guy was trying to get twenty five thousand dollars out of my mom, and uh, and the second my mom was, was letting me know this through the the cell phone that I had smuggled into the prison, I told her mom, "You can't be involved anymore. I have to. You can't be involved in, in any of my legal decision making anymore because none of the lawyers want to deal with me. They want to deal with you only, and they're they're just trying to extort money out of you. They're trying to 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 retire off of my skin. So." Uh, I fired the lawyer that was that was representing the case, and while I was looking for another lawyer, that lawyer was offended that he got fired because at, at the time, representing me, the lawyers were going to the newspapers and saying, "I'm representing famous Hollywood actor Eric Anthony." They always went by my middle name, and and the problem is, uh, the newspapers had said that I was the hero of the mummies. I worked on the Scorpion team only as a stuntman. But because the newspapers were saying that I was the hero of the mummies, everyone over there thought I was Brendan Fraser, and which is not, which is not good because they thought that I was a multi-millionaire. Um, not the case at all. Now, obviously, that wasn't the case at all. And what this this lawyer thought twenty five thousand dollars was gonna uh, was gonna be a drop in the bucket for me. But so I fired him, and uh, he goes to the newspapers and. He can't uh, claim me, hey, I'm, I'm representing this guy. He enjoyed the limelight. He enjoyed the attention he was getting. And when he was fired, he was upset. So he went to the high court. All he had to do was not to show up to court again. I would have had another lawyer eventually step in and my case would have, and until my, and handle my case. He went to the high court and told the judges, my client is happy with his prison sentence. I withdraw my appeal. Cost me my one chance in high court. So my mother being involved, even though she was working her ass off, get me out of jail it was hurting me and i had to end up cutting her off from the embassy telling them do not let her know who my lawyers are i need to handle this on my own because i don't it's the only way i'm going to have a fighting chance mm-hmm. and my documentary uh you know it, it touches on that but it, te- it it focuses more on my time before so that i could handle it on 
some of the relationships I made while I was in prison because prison, I know it's a terrible place, but it wasn't all bad. I was able to adjust to the situation. I was able to learn the language. I was able to uh, make friends and, and have people respect me. And, and the guards started to see a human being. And because I could understand them, I started to see them as human beings. And, and le- learning the language is probably, but learning the language by far was the, the, the most important and powerful thing that I could do. And it, it, it simply because it, it allowed me to communicate with people. It allowed me to uh, become a lawyer in Pakistan so that I could work on my case and so that I could uh, do what I needed to, to to help get myself out. Yeah, and that was something that was really impressive because learning language is not easy. <laughs> And the fact no. that you were able to teach yourself <laughs> the language while oh. in prison was incredible. And my, well, my grammar was terrible, but I did have one thing, and that was a lot of time, and I, I didn't waste it. How did this experience change you? It, 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 there's a few things that changed me. Like I said, I don't trust people as easily anymore. That's for sure. Um, so it, 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 it helped me put up a, a guard that protects me, I think, and from from something like this ever happening again, uh, I still find myself an easy target from people who, you know, want me to help out with who 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 think that uh, I'm someone that can ask for money or or stuff. But I will I will I'll get I get I'll lend money to people who don't pay me back, um, which is just the way the wor- the world works. But I will never ever help anyone carry anything like that. If you need to, if you need help. Carrying a couch, I will help give you money for a mover. I'm not doing it myself anymore, simply because I, I will never carry anything for anyone anywhere ever again. Um, so, in the sense of that, I, I think it's 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 sort of uh, made me made me more hard, but also in the sense of appreciating life, it's it's helped me realize how how great and amazing my life actually is. Um, having everything taken away, I mean, I, I touched touched this on the in the documentary, but if not for prison, I never would have understood or appreciated all of the little things in life. And all the little things in my eyes now are just amazing. Uh, I, I I see so many people that are depressed, and I don't get it. I really don't, because they have no idea how, how good they have it. You know, like, I was talking at Halloween Horror Nights, and my friends and I, we stopped at the uh, on the way out of universe, and they got the bars and the restaurants and the movie theater. And on the way out, uh, we had some we had some friends that were at the the bar How at the Moon, and my friend wanted to grab a drink, and and we were talking to these people, and, and this uh, this group of uh, people had were were complaining that oh L A is the worst, and you know I'm not getting the job I want, and, and it's just it's, it's terrible, it's too expensive, and. And, and and I'm like, well, what's what's terrible about it? And the guy's like, well, I went for this one role, and I couldn't get it, and I'm just, you know, I'm just really down on my luck right now. And I was like, hey, there's a, I was in, I was in the Sierra Desert one 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 year, and there was nothing but sand in every direction, every direction, and we're driving down this long road, and I see these two guys just digging a ditch on the side of the road, and all they had was a, a pitcher of water for the both of them. There was no car, by the way, so they got dropped off, and they had no no umbrella for a shade. But they're digging a ditch. Obviously, it was their job, or at least I hope it was their job. I'm going to go ahead and give them the benefit of the doubt <laughs> that it was their job. And, I, and these two guys 
when we drove by it, I smiled at them, and they smiled back at me and just went back to digging this ditch on the side of the road in the middle of the Sierra Desert, and it was hot. And the, I mean, I'm like, that's got to be the worst job I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Are you doing? And over you're over here auditioning for TV shows in Hollywood, <laughs> and the guy was like, "Yep, I guess I, uh, I, I guess I have it pretty good." And it was just about tweaking his perception on how things work. You know, you're you're not on the other side of the, the the planet doing something that is, you know, probably pays nothing and is just backbreaking work, or you don't have it bad. You're not you're not being held cow captive in someone's basement. I mean, some people have it awful. Like those three girls that were that were that were that were kidnapped by that bus driver uh, mm-hmm. in Columbus, Ohio, and, and were held for ten plus years. You know, there's 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 the guy who's who was born, I have a friend, a very good friend of mine, his name is Jacob Zalewski, and he was born with with really bad cerebral palsy, and he, he's, he's basically in a wheelchair for the rest of his life. And But he's got the biggest smile on his face and the best heart. And you can't have a bad day knowing that there's this guy out here who's got it way worse. You think he had it bad? Someone's got it ten times worse than that. Yeah. And, 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 and for me, prison, even in jail, even in jail when I would see when I was hungry, when I was starving, when I was sad, and lonely, I just wanted to get out of this situation I had I didn't deserve to be in. I would look at at, at this one prisoner and, and who was getting beaten. He couldn't. He wasn't big enough to defend himself. And then I saw another prisoner who had no money, so he couldn't buy any food, and he was getting his food stolen. And then I, I saw this other prisoner who only spoke French. He didn't speak English or Urdu. And he had no one to talk to. And I thought to myself, you know what? Even in jail, I'm very lucky because I'm big enough to defend myself. Um, I got people on the outside who will send me money and who are trying to get me out of here, so I'm not alone. And I'm smart enough to learn the language Urdu, so at least I have people to speak to. Even in jail, I knew I was lucky. It could always be worse. And if you appreciate the things that you have and, and if you just look around you, everything you have, I mean, the thing I missed the absolute most when everything was gone was water. Water is gold in my eyes. I mean, when you think, oh, water, you know, if everyone wants soda and, and the sugar and all that stuff, and no, water is amazing. Imagine, imagine not being able to have clean water or ice again. I mean, when I first got, when I got ice again, oh my, Goodness, that was just—it was. You have no idea. It's a luxury. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, just just to think, a toilet is a luxury. A hot shower is a luxury. Pillows and blankets and 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 and, and the bed is luxury. And toilet paper. Yes, toilet. <laughs> yes, and toilet paper. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I don't want to go crazy on telling all the details because I want people to. This is what I promise anyone. I will promise anyone this. If you watch my documentary, Three Years in Pakistan, the Eric Day story, you will 100% appreciate your life so much more. You will. Mm-hmm. And, and it, but it will also arm you with, 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 with some of the worst things out there. So that Had I seen a, a documentary like this back in the day, had I seen that, that drug smugglers are shameless, I would have been armed with the, the knowledge of knowing that that this happened, and, I, and I, w- I would have been smart enough to walk away. I know I would have. I would have been like, you know what, Ray? I like you. I can still be friends with you, but there's no way I'm going on any trip for you. There's no way I'm going to encourage this job to anyone else. 
and 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 I would hopefully be able to warn my other friends who are making these trips too. And be like, guys, this, this sounds this sounds like what happens, you know, where they smuggle, you know. Drug smugglers are shameless. They'll get their product across any way they can. And if they can convince you to do it for them and not have you draw suspicion to yourself at the airport, that uh, they figure you won't get caught. But also, if you don't know about it, they don't have to pay you what you're really worth. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it happens all the time. Before I went to jail, I figured, you know, everyone in jail, they deserve going to jail. But now that I've been to jail and I've seen what happened and what happened to me, I think the majority of the people are actually probably innocent, especially in Pakistan, because they're beating what they see, they think is the truth out of you. Mm-hmm. And people are probably admitting to being the second gunman on the grassy knoll in the Kennedy assassination simply to get these guards to stop beating them. You know, someone will tell you they're an astronaut if it gets them to stop beating you. It's, people will admit to anything in order to get the beatings to stop. And it happens all the time, and I saw it firsthand, and unfortunately, you know, in, in America, people are sheltered here. They don't know how, how good they have it. They, they complain about, oh, someone said something that hurt my feelings, and, and okay, there were these guys are getting glass and, and the bottom of the seat beaten and electrocuted and drowned, and you guys over here complaining about having your feelings hurt. It's, it's we're, we're, we're sheltered in America, absolutely sheltered. Yeah. Well, and that's why we can be taken advantage of so easily because we we trust too easily. So this documentary yeah. does bring that to light. And I will tell you, this is something that my kids are a little little right now. But this is a story that I will definitely be sharing with my kids when they get older so that they can understand that this does happen. And you need to be wary of the people who you trust, whether you think they're a friend or if you think that they're a colleague, if they're pulling something sketchy like this, you need to be, you need to be leery of them. I, I recently, and I, no joke, literally like, I want to say that three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I had a girl from New Jersey contact me and say, Hey, you know what? I, I, I saw your, 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 your locked up abroad. And so they, some people took a positive that are locked up abroad and what little they got was that, Hey, this actually happened. And she said that she was being offered a job to travel to uh, California uh, she, was, she was being offered $14,000, and, and, and I was like, to do what? And she's like, all I'm doing is bringing cashier's checks back. And I was like, no, you're not. You're doing something drug-related. No one's paying $14,000 to, to do this. And she's like, but he's a good friend of mine. I go, my, my friend was my best friend at the time. So your best friends aren't your friends. They'll, they'll tell you what you want to hear, if, especially if they're doing something that's illegal. And uh, and and she ended up listening to me. She goes, you know what? You're right. It is too good to be true. And if she told me she cut him off and blocked him, and if she did listen to me and she made those trips, then then my story helped someone. And I'm and I'm grateful for that because that was the whole point. I hate. You're right. When you first started this conversation with me, I hate telling my story. I hate it because it's embarrassing to me. It's uh, it's painful for me. I don't like reliving those those those, those days. And you know, some of them. Not everything was terrible, but some of it was so horrendous that I hate, you know, sharing it. And but by telling my story, I don't. Want, I want other people armed with knowledge, and to be a lot smarter than I was, so that they can make the right decision yeah. and walk away. Well, and I think that's definitely what's going to happen. This is going to be available on demand tomorrow. Three years in Pakistan, the Eric Aude story. You should definitely check it out. It is worth the, what is it, one hour, 45 minutes? <laughs> one hour, 45 minutes. It's available on, on demand, Amazon, iTunes. Um, it's, in the, it's in theaters right now. It's a Lemley, so I don't know if 
you know, if anyone happens to be traveling to to L.A. in the next few days, I'm doing a Q&A on Wednesday and Thursday at the Lindley in North Hollywood. But uh, you can you can watch it tomorrow on iTunes and on demand and other VOD platforms. Yeah, and it's definitely, definitely worth it. Thank you so much, Eric, for sharing your story with us and also for doing this interview with me today, being on Getting Real. Oh, well, no, thanks. Like I said, thank you for having me.